Yo, what's good, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Born Was That Podcast with me, your host, your favorite wise man, Jeff D. Malvison. Um, tonight, obviously, on a cold Friday night in Atlanta. Hopefully, you guys are um, staying safe, keeping warm out there. You know, anybody, our first responders, uh, salute you. You know, hey, you guys have been working hard out there. Um, <clears throat> tonight, we're going to delve into Mac Jones. You know, is he... Is he Tom? Is he the new Tom Brady goat? You know, or you know, or is he Matt Castle? We'll check that out. Also, we're gonna talk a little. You know, we're gonna talk about the Phoenix Suns. We're gonna talk is Dame time over in Portland? And also, we're gonna talk a little soccer too, a little Champions League, and then we have some heartbreaking news to um, to get to too. Um, just this morning, you know, it was you know found out that uh, you know. Uh, Pro Bowl wide receiver Demarius Thomas passed away, uh, cardiac arrest, or he suffered cardiac arrest, um, a seizure. And it's unfortunate. Still very young. He's only 33 years old. So that was, you know, that that was tough to hear that devastating news. Um, Yeah, you know, that was real devastating news. I can almost remember the E60 story they did on him, the documentary he did about him and his, uh, you know, the relationship with his mom, you know, that, so that was, uh, still, that's very heartbreaking to hear, you know, for anybody, but, you know, to die that young at 33 years old, that's, that's really tough to hear, you know, it shows how precious life is, um, yeah, <clears throat> so today we're, we're talking about, uh, Mac Jones, obviously he, if you, if anybody watched the Monday Night Football game against the Bills, he only attempted three passes for night two. So I think he was like two of three for 19 yards, something like that. And they end up winning the game. Win the game by three, which is, cr- well, I think, yeah, it was by three. It was crazy. Um, you know, Patriots ran the ball 47 times with uh, with a mixture of people. Um, Damian Harris, uh, Ramondre Stevenson, Brandon Bolden. I mean, it's crazy how the philosophy of how the New England Patriots has changed, you know, but still the same cast of characters. Obviously, you got Belichick. Obviously, you got a rock-solid defense, a rock-solid offensive line. But the one thing that's changed, for sure, is the quarterback position. And here we talk about Matt Jones. Mac Jones. He was selected 15th overall um, in this year's draft. It's funny now, I criticized why he was even drafting the first round at all because when i saw him at alabama i thought okay here's a guy of course he had great receivers around him you know jerry judy henry ruggs johnny mechie um he was putting up big time numbers Devonte smith won the heisman trophy so you're like okay maybe this guy he's just a benefit of having a really good talent around him and then you see him play and you're like no wait this kid's really good especially against the game against the bucks and the cowboys and this kid just played played lights out. He showed that he could be at least a top 10 quarterback in this league. But he kind of reminds me of, obviously, his predecessor, Tom Brady. I, I was looking at an article. They kept saying Matt Castle. But the difference between him and Matt Castle is that in college, Matt Jones had more experience than Matt Castle. Matt Castle was a backup. And obviously, in the pros... And you have to think about it. Put it in context. 
when Matt Castle took over, when Brady got hurt in week one in 2008, Matt Castle had like the best wide receiver duo in the league, uh, Randy Moss and Wes Welker. Whereas Mac Jones, he took over a team that had a solid running game, a great defense, two stud tight ends, John Smith and Hunter Henry. Um, they have, a, they obviously got a fullback, Jakob Johnson, and a good but not great receiving core. Even though Kendrick Bourne has come on of late, but still, I, he to me, Mac Jones reminds me of Tom Brady of 2001. You know when Brady took over when Drew Bledsoe got hurt. And they start rattling off wins. Um, that, to me, that, that's kind of what Mac Jones reminds me of Tom Brady in 2001. Now, is he going to win six Super Bowls like Tom Brady? We don't know. Only time will tell. But he's on the right track, though. Um, <clears throat> like Tom Brady, he's got the intangibles. If you ever see Mac Jones in the pocket, he's not phased. He's not phased by any pressure. He has great pocket awareness. High completion percentage, almost 70%. He's thrown 20 touchdowns. I mean, to say that the Patriots got a steal in the draft, that's an understatement. They really did get a steal in the draft. They showed on Monday Night Football, um, it was, they showed a statistic where he has more wins than any of the four other quarterbacks combined, which were Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, um, Zach Wilson, and Justin Fields. Obviously, those four quarterbacks that I list, just listed, obviously completely different situations. Trevor Lawrence is clearly in a rebuilding mode in Jacksonville. Trey Lance is obviously a backup in San Fran with a team that's trying to make the playoffs. Zach Wilson also and um, Justin Fields, they're all both in rebuild situations. So, it, you know, the situations are a bit murkier. But with all that being said, I mean, clearly Mac Jones, he's a stud. And he's going to give Jamar Chase a run for his money in the, in the rookie of, Offensive Rookie of the Year. They probably might share Offensive Rookie of the Year, to be honest with you. But he, in that game against the Bills, obviously, he was more game manager than anything else. What I love what the Patriots did, obviously, they followed the Patriot way. And I know that that term gets thrown around a lot now, the Patriot way. But it's pretty much... What the Patriot way is, we over me, selfless over selfish, you know, and in classic, in classic Brady form, Mac Jones, whenever he gets on the podium, it gives you maybe a short answer or one word answer. So, I mean, he's definitely, I don't know, maybe it's time we stop, you know, looking at i think we we look at quarterbacks differently we should start looking at quarterbacks differently obviously with the kind of quarterbacks that have come into the league you know with a josh allen lamar jackson um you know they i mean hey we should start we should start you know because one of the knocks on mac jones is that eh, he's a so-so athlete he doesn't move well in the pocket but you know what the guy makes plays he gets over it by making making plays and he's smart with the football and that is two things I value most in a quarterback. Obviously, wins and losses, but can you protect the football? And Mac Jones does that very well. But yeah, the, as regards to the game, the Bills had plenty of chances to win. They've been an inconsistent team all season, and now they have a very big game against the Bucks, and, uh, and uh, obviously a hot quarterback like Tom Brady. So they, you know, they're 
this is a make I can't say a make or break. They'll make the playoffs, but you know, obviously this not it's not gonna be a cakewalk like it was last season. And obviously with the game yesterday, um, you saw the the Vikings nearly blew a game against the Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger shows why he he's going to Canton. I mean, he nearly led them on a comeback. Um, the way he threaded the ball to Pat Fryermuth, if Fryermuth had caught the ball. But in the first half, it was just, oof, they played ugly football. That's not Steelers football. Um, my, my thing is also, what's gone on with Chase Claypool? What happened? I mean, this guy was a stud last year. All of a sudden, he's taken a, he's gotten a sophomore slump. Um, what killed me was, I think it was 40 or 35 or 40 seconds left in the game. He catches a pass, does a first down celebration. It's like, no, get back to the line, get back to the line. And you can see one of the offensive linemen getting on him. Hey, get back to the line, get back to the line. I mean, for me, with Chase Claypool, he's got to get his head on straight, get back to football. You know, you can do all that extracurricular stuff after the season's over. But when you're in football, you're completely locked in. And, you know, that's my biggest gripe, you know. Um, but the Vikings did very well. Doubt Getting Dalvin Cook back is a godsend. Now, their defense needs to play better, but the offense has been, you know, firing all cylinders. Nobody can cover Justin Jefferson. He's showing why he's an elite receiver. Um, <clears throat> and you see they're playing complementary football. The running game and the passing game makes for a perfect marriage. So the big games I'm looking for is uh, the Raiders and the Chiefs, which, you know, don't sleep on the Chiefs now. Do not sleep on the Chiefs. This Chiefs team, they're hot right now. That defense is coming on strong. Chris Jones playing at an all-pro level. Um, you saw what they did to the Broncos on the Sunday Night Football. Uh, <clears throat> meanwhile, the offense, it's slowly but surely getting back. You know, with Clyde Edwards, he back. And that passing game humming. Um, there's also... Um, also, we need to pay attention to... And I'm looking at the schedule right now. You have to pardon me for this, but <clears throat> we're also looking at the game I'm also looking at is the Ravens and the Browns. Another game that has major playoff implications. The Browns are a team that's uh, that's six and six. They're on that borderline, you know, against a Ravens team that's been a bit inconsistent. You know, Lamar Jackson's thrown some uncharacteristic interceptions. Um, obviously, they almost beat the Steelers, but still very uncharacteristic of Lamar Jackson to keep throwing these interceptions. Then you got a big game, Cowboys against the Washington football team. That Washington football team, their defense has been firing all cylinders. They don't have Montez Sweat or or um, Chase Young, but, you know, this Tyler Heineke kid, they, people have been sleeping on this guy. <laughs> I mean, he's shown that maybe he can be the quarterback of the future. Perhaps we'll see how the rest of the season goes. Um, <clears throat> another game to watch for is the Bengals and the 49ers. Now, the Bengals, very uncharacteristic game against the Chargers last week. Um, the 49ers, a team that's on that borderline of the playoffs. Um, this game is a potential make or break for the 49ers. Uh, also, the Monday night game, Rams and Cardinals. Kyler Murray. All I can say is this, Kyler Murray against that Rams defense. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins against Jalen Ramsey. I mean, there's so many juicy storylines for this game. Uh, you got the two head coaches, great offensive minds, Sean McVay of the Rams, Cliff Kingsler of the Cardinals. 
Can't wait to see it. Um, I predict the card. I predict the Cardinals will win, but it'll be close, 34-28. So now we switch to a little NBA news. Um, uh, for me, is is I have to ask is is Dame time over? Is Dame time over in Portland? Um, obviously, we as I was looking at ESPN earlier today, um, they said that Portland says that he's off limits in trade talks with Philadelphia for Ben Simmons. I can see why, but I put three teams that would be interested, and I did put the Sixers as one of those teams. Um, obviously, Ben Simmons, and obviously, the as Woj reported that, you know, Portland said Dame, Dame Lillard is off limits, but if, you know, if they wanted to, trade him, obviously, for Ben Simmons, but Tice Thibel, Tyrese Maxey, and a first-round pick. Now, this helps the Sixers in ways that, of course, Lillard does not play defense, but he can shoot and deliver in big moments. So it takes a lot of pressure off Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris. And the Philly, Philly's built to win now. It's a team that can make a playoff run, a deep playoff run, but they need shooting. They need players to help out Joel Embiid, and Damian Lillard fits that mold. Now, on the other side for Portland, you get more rejuvenated Ben Simmons. Now, whether he would be with C.J. McCollum, that's, you know, something for another day. Um, <clears throat> they get a young point guard in Tyrese Maxey and a first-round pick. And Matisse Thibault, who's a, who's a very solid defender, very good player, who I think he should get more playing time in Philly, if you ask me. Uh, the second was the Knicks. Now, the Knicks, they've been very inconsistent this season. Um, they... They're kind of like the Atlanta Hawks when I say this, is that now they're not sneaking up on teams. Now teams know how to defend Julius Randle. Obviously, with Campbell Walker out of the rotation for some inexplicable reason, um, this trade would be obviously Dame Lillard for R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin, two of their first-round picks, and you throw in Campbell Walker. <clears throat> now, this helps with Julius Randle because it gives him another shooter. Also with Derrick Rose. So it, it kind of, it gives you, it lengthens, it widens out the court. So teams don't have to clog the lane and, you know, um, you know, double team Julius Randle, who's getting his fair share of double teams, triple teams, who hasn't put up the numbers he did last season, his all-star season. The next one is Boston. Now, Boston, for me, I, I put Jalen Brown, a first-round pick, and Peyton, Peyton Pritchard. Now, I don't see how you would fit in Boston because you have Dennis Schroeder at point guard, which would that'd be not counter that'd be a little counterintuitive because then he'd have to play off the bench, which seems to be a the best role for Dennis Schroeder. Yeah, Damian Lillard, Dennis Schroeder moves to the bench, he gives more firepower on the bench. Now for Portland, you get a guy like Jalen Brown who can build around uh, a first round pick, a high first round pick, depending on what happens with CJ McCollum. Who, you know, unfortunately he got what a collapsed lung. So <clears throat> obviously, now that we know that Damian Lowe is off limits, um, he, you know, they they said that the 76ers began to gather momentum and trade opposition for Ben Simmons. But but as I said earlier, Damian Lillard is off limits. So so now 
they said Philly has been aggressively trying to assemble two or three team deal. They must mean who Daryl Morey really wants to move on from Ben Simmons. Now, where Ben Simmons goes, nobody knows at this point, but it has to be a team out West. I can't see a team in the East. It has to be a team out West. Um, it, I, <clears throat> I don't know where Ben Simmons could head, but it has to be a team like a team that's in a rebuild mode so he can get a fresh start. Um, but yeah, more than likely, it seems more and more likely it's going to be Portland. Whether that happens, we'll see. Obviously, with the recent firing of um, <clears throat> of the Blazers team president, uh, Neil Oshie, um, you know, they, they said privately that um, Portland, they really want to build around Damian Lillard. But to me, it's I think Portland has flatlined in the West. They... It, <sighs> It's tough. It's kind of like what Oklahoma City had with Russell Westbrook. Trade him now, see what you can get for him, and rebuild. Stockpile first-round picks and see what you can get for him. Um, now we switch to soccer. I know this is something I don't talk about often, um, but there was a couple games. Even I watched one last night in the Mexican League. Uh, Leon beating um, Atlas 3-2. to It's a very good game, even though it was... A lot hard for me to understand because everything was in Spanish, but I understood what was going on. Obviously, soccer, it's easy to understand. But um, <clears throat> the hopefully soccer fans are listening right now. They probably know what I'm talking about. But FC Barcelona, losing to Bar- Bayern Munich. They got knocked out of the knockout round in the Champions League. Um, obviously, they're on the downward trend. You know, the last time they won the Champions League was 2015. Since then, they've lost to PSG twice, Juventus twice, and Liverpool. Um, things gotten so bad they were under so much financial restriction they had to obviously let go Lionel Messi and Antoine Griezmann Um, you know I I honestly don't know how you know the finances in soccer works it kind of seems more like the NBA or NFL there's more of a salary cap but you know whenever you lose two great players like that the dominoes are bound to fall they're bound to fall so tomorrow, I think Sunday. Yeah, I think yeah tomorrow, and the MLS championship game is Portland Timbers against New York City FC. I can't wait to see that. The game's at three o'clock on Fox and even on the Ivan Unimas in the in the Spanish channel. So catch that. So <clears throat> the final the final subject I want to talk about is the college football playoff. Got four teams. Got four teams. Alabama, Georgia, Michigan, and Cincinnati. Each each team is built differently. Obviously, t- each team has Yeah, each team has, you know, its own, you know. Yeah, like I said, each team is different, built differently. Each team has a different way to go about things. I predicted this way. I think it's going to be a rematch again, Alabama, Georgia. Now, I could be wrong, but I, it just the way the way things are aligning, I I can't, you know, I can't. Uh, I just 
you know, I can't, that's all, I, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be something to see. I can't wait to see the Georgia-Michigan matchup because they're so evenly matched, especially on defense. You know, I can't wait to see Aiden Hutchinson going against, you know, the offensive line of Georgia. I mean, he's been a one-man wrecking crew, 14 sacks. He's, I've, he's, you know, he, he broke the school record. Um, that running game against that massive Georgia defense, um, Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt. Um, yeah, it's going to be a close game. I predict Georgia will win the game 20-17. to 17. Now, Alabama-Cincinnati. Uh, this game is going to be a high-scoring game. It just is. It just it has the makings of a high-scoring game, but you know how Alabama is. It's rare that Alabama loses in these type of games. So it's good not to bet against Alabama. And I, I believe Alabama is going to win 35-21. 35-21. So now we have we got the college awards. I'm looking for it. Okay, cool. We got the college awards and five Alabama players won awards, including Bryce Young. He won the Maxwell Award. He also won the Davy Bryan Award. Um, it now there's a lot of foreshadowing with these. He maybe could win the Heisman tomorrow. Um, it, I I would love to see Aiden Hutchinson win the um, the. You know, Aiden Hutchinson win the Heisman or even Kenny Pickett, who had a great year. Um, Georgia's stud defensive tackle won the Outland Trophy and the Big Narrick Award. You know, that's... <laughs> wow, that's... For a guy that size who moves that well, I mean, it's only right that he won two of the biggest defensive awards in college football. I'm surprised he didn't get invited to New York for the Heisman. Um... <clears throat> Even for Cincinnati's defensive back, Kobe Bryant, not K-O-B-E, but C-O-B-Y. Bryant won the won the Jim Thorpe Award. Kenneth Walker III, the stud running back from Michigan State, won the Dope Walker Award. Uh, Pitt wide receiver won the Bullitt, um, Jordan Addison won the Bolitnikoff Award. Um, I was Tyler Linderbaum, won the Remington Award. Um, Alabama's Landon Dickerson, no, sorry. Ooh. San Diego's uh, superstar punter Matt Ariza won the Ray Guy Award. And Michigan's kicker Jake Moody won the Luke Rosa Award. Now, the award I'm looking forward to is the Heisman Trophy, which is tomorrow. I predict it will be Bryce Young. But it's, it, it's going to be close because Kenny Pickett had a really good year. But I think it will be Bryce Young. So... With all that being said, um, it was definitely a 2021 was definitely a year of triumph, a lot of tragedy, but we all got through it. And I'm happy to say that, you know, in 2021, I was able to do this podcast. You know, a lot of it was came from 2020. You know, it was a tough year for me. I know it had been a tough year for everybody else, um, but it was really something that I had been thinking about but not putting into practice. So finally, one night I just did it. I think I started in March and we're already in December toward the end of the year and we're going strong. And I want to thank you, the listeners, the subscribers, you know, people put my name out there. Um, it's it's definitely helped, helped me personally. It's definitely helped my confidence. I have people all the time 
coming, uh, you know, saying they like the show. And so it's good. It's a good feeling to put some good content out there for all you sports fans, even non-sports fans, you know. So I'm, I'm glad to be do, able to do that. But I want to say thank you to you guys for, you know, tuning in every Friday and listening or uh, whatever days you listen to. So um, with that being said, have a great Friday. Have a wonderful weekend. Please, people, drive safe. Um, yeah, and just enjoy it. Enjoy life and LTG. Yeah. Oh, yes, I am back. I just wanted to say um, there was one thing I forgot about the episode. Actually, there was two things I forgot about uh, this recent episode. I was, forgot to mention what I was going to talk about, the Phoenix Suns. Um, the Phoenix Suns are, it's funny how, what a difference a year makes, or really what difference two years makes. Okay, really three. Um, if you remember correctly, the last time the Phoenix Suns made the playoffs was 2010. Now that's significant because they went maybe almost 10 full years well, you know, without a playoff run. Without even sniffing the playoff, without even sniffing maybe 2025 victories. They had a great player in Devin Booker. Albeit he was a star, but you know, he was let's face it, he was putting up empty stats. Um You know, he obviously was putting up empty stats. So in 2020, we had we had the coronavirus pandemic, and um, the NBA they had the bubble. Now that the bubble might have been the best thing that happened for the Phoenix Suns because they went undefeated. 8-0, Devin Booker just came out of nowhere. They were one, I think they missed the playoffs by one game. But from that, you know, bubble, Phoenix realized that they had a star on their hands, a superstar player on their hands. And they had the right pieces. That was DeAndre Ayton, Mikael Bridges, um, Cam Johnson. But then they added Chris Paul. And if you ever listened to one of my very first couple of episodes, I talked about the Chris Paul effect, where it seems like every team he goes on, let's say the team was bad, he improves that team the very next year. And obviously Phoenix is no different. So they trade for Chris Paul. And not only did they make the playoffs, they make the NBA Finals. Now granted, they lost in six games to the Milwaukee Bucks, but few team, few people thought that okay, they could repeat this performance. Now they go on a a multi-game winning streak. I think it was like fifteen or sixteen-game winning streak. Obviously, they lost to Golden State, but this Phoenix team, this Phoenix Suns team, proved that they're for real. Think about it. <clears throat> the team leader is Chris Paul. He's obviously their leader. He's he's the alpha male on that team. Then you got Devin Booker, who's the superstar. Then you have the supporting cast, which is DeAndre Ayton, Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson. On the bench, they got, well, they, uh, let me not forget, they have Jay Crowder. 
who is their resident tough guy or villain, if you will. Then on the bench, they got Landry Shamit, who they got from Brooklyn. Then they got, then they signed a shrewd sign. They signed JaVale McGee. Then you got a very good coach like uh, Monty Williams. And a very good, an under, in my opinion, an underrated general manager in James Jones. Um, obviously, the West is very, very competitive this year. Um, with Golden State getting better, the Clippers are still there. The Lakers, we'll see what, what's going to happen. They, we'll see what's going to happen with the Lakers. But they... The Phoenix Suns have shown that, you know what? You can expedite a rebuild. Now, every team is different in that rebuild. The Atlanta Hawks, they the way they did the rebuild was, you know, they had to suck for a couple of years, and then they got their star, Trey Young, then surround them with complimentary pieces. You know, be it John Collins, um, uh, what's his face, uh, Kevin Herter. You know, then they had a, a veteran come in like Bogdanovich. Um, a team like the Knicks. Now the Knicks suffered for a long, you know, long time. They had to blow it all up. The Bulls, same way. Um, you know, so the Suns, they're one of those teams that you, you know, you don't sleep on. Now, are they going to win the NBA title? Only time will tell because we're so early in the season, but they're off to a good start. Um, and also for shout outs, my shout out goes to actually two people in particular because they both have anniversaries this month. Uh, I want to give a shout out to my boy, Daniel Hunter. Yeah, my good friend, Daniel Hunter. And also my boy in, uh, in Houston, um, Jerry Bahina. Um, I want to give him a shout out too. Um, two good guys, man. Two, both of them celebrating their anniversaries this month. So it's uh, a joy to see them, you know, Enjoy see them both, you know, in their respective marriages having, you know, and enjoying themselves. So uh, hopefully they enjoy it. And, um, you know, I just wanted to say that. Didn't, hope I, hopefully I didn't, for, you know, I covered all the bases. You know, um, I was just, it's funny because I was just like, as soon as I shut off this segment, I, oops, I remembered that some I wrote down. But, uh, you know, thanks for listening. Hit the subscribe button. And... You know, if there's anything you want me to talk about on this show, be it sports or pop culture, hit me in my DM. You guys know my social media or even if you have my number, hit me up and I'll be sure to do that. So, again, uh, this time I was saying have a great weekend, everybody, and uh, stay safe. LTG. Yeah.